Do you have the tools to turn your insights into action? Let's be honest, not all marketing activities are created equal. AppsFlyer's analytics suite simplifies its complex data and gives you a unified view of campaign performance so you can make better, faster marketing choices at every stage of the customer journey. The goal is to create exceptional experiences that keep customers engaged. To succeed, you need to meet your customers where they are. AppsFlyer's customer experience and engagement suite, powered by a reliable deep linking engine, lets you create personalized journeys that increase conversion and return on every experience. In addition, AppsFlyer is going to keep your budget safe from mobile ad fraud. Bots and click farms aren't going to generate revenue for you. That's why you need a comprehensive fraud protection solution to make sure you're investing in the right channels and only measuring and paying for real actions. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great. Go to appslyer.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve. This episode is brought to you by Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming is building the world's gaming community by helping game makers, developers, and publishers to build, grow, and monetize their games. They do, do this by providing research-based insights, in-depth case studies, as well as wide variety of educational materials. A recent example of this is Games Marketing Insights for 2021, a report that has just been released and is available to download for free right now. Of course, Facebook Gaming also helps developers and publishers of all sizes to deploy powerful UA and monetization strategies through a range of innovative solutions designed for games marketers in every corner of the industry. Go to fb.gg forward slash DOF for in-depth educational materials, including playbooks, webinars, blogs, and reports, as well as great video content. I think what's what's become clearer certainly in the last few years as competition in the game industry has really stepped up is that there's a fundamental difference between a great game and a great game business you know you could be super lucky you your game is an instant hit it's resonating with users but for when that's not the case uh, or even when you just want to take your game growth to the next level that's where we come in so we've developed a really incredible platform that's designed to make you as powerful and as capable as possible in growing your game, whether that's growing your game revenue or growing your user base. That was Melissa Zeloff, VP of Marketing at IronSource. Videos go on. Uh, well, since we're already recording, let's just talk about it. So the videos are technically going to YouTube if I have a chance to put them on YouTube. But, you know, it's kind of like I'm a little bit busy, if you will. <laughs> so <laughs> uploading a video on YouTube is one of the last things that I do in my week. Uh, hence, there hasn't been too, too many uploads on YouTube. <laughs> I don't get how you do all of this. To be honest. I, I don't either. I don't either, but let's not, let's not, we're not here to talk about me, Mr. Okay. Martinez. We're here to talk about you, Mr. Funcraft. So let me just do a little introduction for people who are not on the know. Uh, Michael Martinez, CEO of Funcraft, previously started off your, your career at Zynga, set up Juicebox in a, in a very, very hip location on the side street in San Francisco, in front of a barber shop, in front of a low key coffee shop, just behind exactly. the wine bar. I was a frequent visitor of that spot. Yeah, great spot. <laughs> yeah. Then you moved on to EA after Juicebox closed doors. You went to EA, you launched 
one of my favorite IPs, if not my favorite, Command and Conquer. Wow. And now you're back on the grind, back on in the soul, aka entrepreneurship. <laughs> yep. So, so yep. tell me, a, actually, let's not talk about that one. Let's go a little bit of a ahead into the moment today. So I'm gonna yes. let's talk about first about Funcraft, and then we'll talk more about about um, about your career. Where we got here, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're now talking about Funcraft, and you had four games come in back to back to back, like January 2020. You launched your first game, boom next one follow up the third one and then the fourth yep. one and the fourth one is picked words <clears throat> so three out of four games have been word games one has been a merge game the latest yep. one scaling up nicely what's the story behind yes. that one well we actually had six games believe it or not so yeah we've had six games and um so picked words is a turn-based crossword puzzle game and this game is really what we've been searching for the whole time it's like we started out this company, we knew the types of games that we wanted to make, and we wanted to go fast. We knew we had to had to get a lot of games out there. Um, and this is really what, what we've been looking for. Great long-term retention, great metrics. And it's just like, once you get a, a baby like this, you just have to nurture it, grow it, give it all the attention that it needs. <laughs> give it all the fuel, give it all the- uh, Exactly, yeah. <laughs> fertilizer to, to grow. Um, right. wanted to go fast, launch a lot of games. That's probably yes. coming in from your previous failures, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely learned a lot, both from Juice, Juicebox and Electronic Arts. Um, I think, so I, Jason McGurk and I started this company together and uh, we've known each other for over 12 years now, worked together for almost a decade. And we really see eye to eye in terms of how to approach making games, how we work, um, and really the opportunities out there. And um, we chose games that we could get into the market quickly um, and that we think a lot of other folks would um, would overlook. Um, so I actually pitched this concept to Electronic Arts of, hey, this is why how I think we should succeed. This is how we build free-to-play chops within the team. Um, and... It's just un, uninteresting to them. And I think the types of games that we're making, they're going to be interesting to these larger companies um, two years down the road. Um, and and we'll, have, we'll have taken over the market by then. Okay. Well, let's start breaking these then down. So you said you're going to focus on certain genres that are overlooked by the big boys. How yes. do you find these? How do you find these, po these, these pockets of <clears throat> blue ocean, these blue spots in the red ocean? Yeah, it's the whole mobile game space is just all red ocean. It is so brutal. Every like, we, really? we, yeah, really, we usually see each other at GDC, and I've always hated GDC because you it is put in your face how many other people are working on games, mm -hmm. and it's terrifying when you see the reality. <laughs> so you have to be a little bit crazy to do what we're doing. Um, but how we found these these pockets. It's really just tons of research. So um, spending a lot of time on App Annie, uh, pouring through the the older um, and and the the low some trying to find gems on the top grossing, um, as well as really getting into a habit of just downloading every game that I get an ad for. So that was something for a year or two. I was just downloading everything, playing everything, getting a sense of what's out there. Um, and really looking for these 
these pockets that we could see were um, uh, types of games that looked like they could grow. They had solid metrics already, but weren't given the attention or uh, focus or ambition that that we hope to apply to them. Mm, yeah, I mean, you could have just said that, you know, you read Deconstructor of Fun, look at the taxonomy, <laughs> kind of understand the market as a whole, use yeah. Sensor Tower, and right. um, maybe some marketability <laughs> tools like GeekLab or 12 Trades to yeah. understand the pockets and the audiences to target, but instead, yeah. app Annie and just raw play. <laughs> just play, 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 yeah. I'm sure my phone, like yours, is littered with... Um, with with many many yeah. uh, pages of of un unfound apps unorganized. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm now on Android, and they kind of they kind of have a this thing called Game Launcher. So it's just like a one app that you tap, and it just opens up everything. And so like, hey, you be playing this? You want to play that? It's like, wow, Android! Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, it's even even better. I don't know if that's a Samsung specific, but it's pretty cool. Um, okay, but why fast? Like, where did that, like, how did that learning come in? So one is, I understand you're looking at the market, you're very, way more market driven. And yeah. I want to ask why that, and also why specifically fast? Like we, we all know that fail fast, learn yeah. fast. Those are key right. things, but why in your right. particular situation? Fast? Yeah. I mean, one of, I, I have this idea that, um, <clears throat> that a game's success is decided really, really early on in the, uh, conception of the game. And that concept will fail or succeed. Um, so I think Command and Conquer Rivals, that game was a failure <clears throat> because of the um, the core gameplay was too intense. Mm -hmm. The IP was a mismatch mm -hmm. in terms of um, Command and Conquer players mm -hmm. didn't want that game, and nobody else knew about Command and Conquer. So yeah. it's a new IP. So I use it. And then third. Um, the going going into Clash Royale territory yeah. is a bad place to go. So those three decisions, I think, were the fundamental flaws of that product. So all this tremendous work that we did, all the optimizations and an amazing team, and it's just like, that's really, we needed to go into the market to find that, uh, to discover that reality, but that was the truth. So I think it's so important just to, put things out there and really let the players decide. Obviously people will say, oh, you can grind a game, you can improve it. But I think you find out about a game's core metrics and attributes so quickly. Um, and um, I think it's, it's certainly less random than throwing spaghetti at the wall because of based on all of our uh, experiences and knowledge of the market and choices, where I hope that we are choosing games that have a higher likelihood, higher likelihood to succeed. But I think that the market is just so challenging. Um, you have to put it into the market and let players decide. And also, I think really a game that didn't succeed three years ago, you could launch it now. It's like, maybe it would work now. Yeah. And who, and who it's crazy. <laughs> so that, that, that's the, that's the pursuit of, of fast uh, so that you can find out from, real world from let the market tell you rather than ideas or pontificating. It's like, who, who knows? So, so let me tell you this, Michael, I know. It's funny that, that you're now this, so I'm not, I don't know what, what 
which podcast I'm going to release first, yours or Playrix one. So Playrix has the yeah. opposite approach, and they're you know right. they're pretty good at what they do. They're, right? they're really they're good on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Second largest publisher on mobile. Yeah. Hashtag Tencent. You know that's the the only one. Yep. So they are their approach is the opposite what, what you explained, and I and I think there's really like two spectrums. So what you said works perfectly. It's Fast to the market, see what works. If if the numbers are not even close to where you're at, drop it. Let's go on to the next one. Let's focus on yeah. it until we throw in something that shows impressive numbers and grow from good to great. That's yeah. one. Uh, and of course, understanding the market. Shout out Taxonomies, Geek Lab. <laughs> you know, you we are a Geek, geek Lab user, so love, yeah, we, love you those are guys. A geek Lab user, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, I see the IPMs. They're high. Yep. They're high. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so um, so the, the other the other one is is like what Playrix described is quite interesting. Is <clears throat> I think Scopely is kind of in that way as well. Like yeah. they do a tremendous design document. Like they spend right. a long time just figure out everything and just kind of like on paper challenging thinking. You know, like what what if what then and just answer all the questions. Once everybody is aligned and all the possible questions have been answered, go and then they yeah. invest a lot and build <clears throat> something and. And at that point, they've already invested. They answered so many questions that it's all about execution. And yeah. I like that. The other part is like when they go to soft launch, like they grind soft launch. Like they're, they're yeah. not like Scopely is a good example of that as well. <clears throat> they put in a game like that avatar game. I don't know what's going on. Like it's a long time, but I'm sure it will come out. No, it's, they're not killing it. Don't, don't do that. It's going to come out. It's going to come out great. And that's what they do with all these games. Like right. they put it in. And they goddamn grind that game until it comes out because yeah. they've invested and they've kind of <clears throat> thought out all the elements to it. So those are two opposing, and they both work. Yeah, but well, I think they're yeah. they're really different for the main reason that we are a we are a startup and they're an established company. Yes. So I think when you are a startup, the the desperation that you need to find and have to find that revenue generator and to become self-sufficient and to have that base, that's a very different pursuit than when you are a Playrix. And really it's what they've established as well at this point. I think <clears throat> you, need the you need to learn and you need to build all these functions as a company. And the best way to do that is by doing and by, um, and by building that competency and bringing it into your team. So for, um, for Playrix, they've generated that and now they're, they're taking their, their playbook that they've proven out so many times and it makes sense to make a big investment. Um, I think for us or for a lot of younger companies, you could build out the whole team, build out everything. Um, and I think the challenge there is you can get into this point where you're betting your company on a single game. And I've done that before and I'm not interested in doing it again because I think you build so much knowledge along the way. Um, that's what has value. So you want to make sure you keep, keep going. If we have enough time, no, no question, we'll get there. Um, so we just want to make sure we have that chance to, to get there. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, that's a really good point and, uh, and a really good perspective. And you don't have to be a, you know, it's not only the big companies that, that do this sort of a, uh, measured, very calculated take on the market yeah. and they grind through it. There are big companies that also try different things, you know, half a year into develop, like you got half a year to prove this works quickly get right. into the market. They're usually very genre focused. 
they're a, they have the tool sets, they have the assets, they can get quickly into the market and boom, then they either prove that they're wrong or prove that they're right. Yep. So, uh, Do but, you see many small companies doing yeah. the, the other where they're saying, okay, we're going to build the perfect game. I mean, I see a lot of funding announcements talking about that, yeah. um, but I, I, it's hard to don't, don't see too many of the successes. It's uh, well, I would, you know, if, if the success ratio is the same for big games and small games, yeah. then of course the ones that make big games just don't have that many shots on the goal. Right. I remember when, after I launched, uh, after we launched Honorvana, excuse me, at Juicebox, which, mm -hmm. which came out of the gates really strong and was, was a great success for us. I was talking with auntie and he was like, oh, okay, now, now your next game is going to be a failure. And I was like, what? No, it's not. We're going to be two for two. Yeah. Auntie <laughs> was right. And the, and the problem there was that you jumped from the successful game to launching a new game that failed, right? Uh, well, we launched the second game. The, the first game was kind of in the middle. It was it came out of the gates really strong, and we weren't able to transition from... This was the days when featuring yeah. mattered. From the days uh, um, we couldn't transition to getting the UA engine going. And um, trying to grind it, trying to grind it, couldn't quite get it there. So then we had that second game. Had better metrics, but um, we were... Running on fumes at that point. Damn, damn, and then then it was EA time. And then that was it. And then it was EA time. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> exactly. um, so so let's talk about picture wars. Like how big is like how big is the team now? Like how big is the team that gets the game out? And and as you've gone through six yeah. games, <clears throat> cut the game. Like I saw I saw merge merge towns. Yeah, Merge Kingdoms. Merge Kingdoms came in, yeah. strong out the right. gate, and you yes. pulled the plug out of that. Like when I look at totally. the yeah. data, it's right. like, oh, somebody, somebody pulled the plug out of that one. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. We we definitely did pull the plug. So, uh, picked words. It's uh, like I said, it's a crossword puzzle game. So we started this game in. Uh, we decided we were going to pursue it March of last year, so mm -hmm. March of twenty twenty. And uh, at first we were just, we spent the first two months just figuring out how we were going to get all the puzzles because you need a lot of puzzles for this game. Players play them, they're consumed. We started development on it two months later in May. Um, and then we soft launched the game in November. So that was three people that, that built the game. Um, and now we have one, two, five, five on the core team. Nice. Um, so we globally launched this game in, when did we launch it? In March. And then you're right. Merge kingdoms came out. And I think that's the other thing too, globally launching for smaller companies. It's just an extended soft launch at this point. We are still really in soft launch. Yeah, right? of course. There's no, there's no cap to, uh, there's no saturation whatsoever. Um, when merge kingdoms came out, we were like, Oh, this is it. This is our game. And it had this big spike, but the long-term retention was, was, was not good. And then we saw this pick towards, and it was just like slowly and steadily, and we weren't paying much attention to it. And it surpassed it uh, a month and a half later. And we could just see the, the really excellent long-term retention. And we started pouring more money into it, getting the UA process going and seeing these really great paybacks and that's, it's just like, okay, this is, this is what we have to focus on. 
So it's been that transition of seeing that really slow and steady growth. And it is such a relief. People always talk about long-term retention. This is the truth. It works. (laughs) (laughs) It works. It's like you can plug it into a model. Obviously, everybody wants it. That's what we're all trying to make. And then you get a game where it's like 3%. 2% day 30. It's like, well, okay, yeah, I want better than day 30 retention. That's not my goal to build that. Um, but you, the game has to show it. So this what, is a game. What are we talking about? Towards, give me day 30 number. Give me a good So it's a, you know, it depends which cohort and all that Gio, stuff. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So give me the like juice box number. <laughs> um, I, I, I think juice box was like 8%. Yeah. Day 30, which is okay. It's good. Um, so, yeah, it is good. When I, Sometimes I look at those numbers. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. We were, we were close. <laughs> um, so it's like 15 to 18% day 30. Oof. That's a, that's a sweet one. <laughs> and yeah. this is like soft launch numbers. Like there's plenty. And and in terms of Funcraft, like how many games do you have in, in – in works at the same time and what does the central team look like? Because the way I understand yeah. it, like you have several teams and then you have a central one, it's like marketing. Right, and right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're transitioning right now where previously we set ourselves up to make lots of titles and make all these bets and, and see what's working. Now we're in a transition of, okay, now we, we need to focus and really staff these teams, particularly on picked awards um to 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 support it and give it the support that it needs um so one of the things that we've done in our approach that's been pretty interesting and i'm sure you're gonna um well we'll we'll see what you think (laughs) but we've we've partnered with outside developers and we found um it's been a uh a, a lengthy process to find them to select them and then to work with them and then we find these great teams and give them a design spec. We work on the game and they help get us get the game to launch. Mm-hmm. Um, they hand it over to us and then we plug in a lot of our, our shared services that that power the, the back end and the, the live ups of the game. Um, and that's really a point to just allowing us to go to go faster um, and to um, to see what works. And then once the game works, then it's a process where, OK, let's let's take on more and more of that title. Interesting. So you do the design, you give a third party the execution, basically just do the code and add some art on it. Then you put it into soft launch, apply your marketing expertise on it. And if it flies, it flies. If it doesn't, well, none of us even touch the code. <laughs> yes. And in <laughs> in spirit, that's how it's supposed to work. Obviously, when the rubber beats the road, it can be a little bit more complicated than that. But yeah. Exactly. How do you, so, so does the CT, like you have a CTO, of course, and, or a technical mm-hmm. lead or so forth. Does the, yeah, the Jason, our, our co-founder, make sure that the code base is the, it's yes. not spaghetti. That it, that it's, that it's quality. Yep. That it, that it works totally. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. really cool. So, so, and um, now, so we're in a place right now where, so we have this picture words game and we're obviously we're excited about it. We think there's more opportunities to, uh, build similar games on that. I don't want to call it a platform, mm-hmm. but it's a platform. It's a platform. It's a platform. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a classic platform play. <laughs> it's a classic platform play. So we found this really great team that um, 
we've we've partnered with and they're doing excellent work on it and um we just want to build tighter relationships and more long-term work with these companies and give them we kind of give them more access and let them dive into the example craft um code base and do more of those integrations so that it becomes a, a, a deeper partnership let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops. Now, we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games. And I'm sure you got the people part covered. But how fantastic your, tru your tools truly are. Well, listen, if your game is made with Unity, you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks. With visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep, you all, to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. Then you started with your first game that way, or is this something that you've just recently started doing? Yeah, so the first few games were proofs of concept of, and obviously we wanted them to succeed, but proofs of concept of um, building the shared services, all of the events, all of the social, um, and just getting the game out the door. It's actually, I mean, and hyper-casual companies know this, but being able to have the processes to launch many apps, um, that requires a little work as well. So putting all of that in place. Um, we did partner with um, one studio to make this, this great looking tri-peak solitaire game. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we found with that, where we've had to adjust our approach and model a little, little bit, is when you're going into a, 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 and that's a red ocean, you need to be grinding that game and have the full, give it the full attention that it needs. So we found that it's, its core metrics weren't good enough. And we, we pulled the plug on, on that as well. It's like, this could be a business. We could make it a business but it's going to require so much to get there. We think there's more opportunity elsewhere. Mm, we have and, some really great IP there. <laughs> and um, so, so what's the story behind, behind Farmcraft? Like there's two founders, you guys, did you work together at EA or just? Not at EA. We worked together. We met in 2009 at Zynga. Mm -hmm. um, and then we started Juicebox together and did that. And then over our years, um, Post juice box, we licked our wounds for a little bit, and then periodically for a while, juice box <laughs> was quite the ride. <laughs> yeah, your, your partner went to Zynga, and you went to EA, right? Right, exactly. Oh my yep. god! Yeah. <laughs> and then that, that three years in like a corporation after a startup must be a fucking like a shock. <laughs> it was, yeah, I really was. I was walking the halls. People would introduce themselves and tell me about their job and the people they oversaw, and I was like. Are you are you messing with me? <laughs> is this a, there's that we need that many people? This is yeah. a meeting. We're having a meeting about yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but we would reach out to uh, to each other every once in a while and be like, "I'm ready. Let's do it." Yeah. And it's like, "I'm no, I'm not ready yet," or vice versa. And well, then 
it's like, okay, now we need an idea. What's the idea? We can't just do this. So mm-hmm. we have to come up with an idea. And we yeah. back in. Launch fast, get to the market. Everything that you haven't done at, at and <laughs> Right. So you're basically yeah, I mean, like 180. <laughs> there was one VC's reaction who said no. He was like, I worry that you're just doing things to react to EA. Yes. Um, and I, I don't want... Why I don't you, think this. You should have just called 180 games. <laughs> yeah. It's like what 180 to right. what? 1080 snowboarding. Yeah. Exactly. So um and like a fun fact, it was a GDC. Uh, so we hung out at GDC and um, we were we went running. We went running on Lands End. Beautiful right. run. I hate yeah. running, but somehow at all the events, or every time I meet you or Auntie. It's always yeah. running. I never run outside those. And Timur, the yeah, the third one, like I never run. And then you guys take me on like a 10K or a 15K. So we went running. And I remember we were talking about this. You're like, I'm ready. I'm going. I'm like, what are you talking about, Michael? Right. Stop. So you have yeah, a totally. position at the end. Right. Your bosses love you. Yeah. Um, I visited you at, at Redwood. Like people loved you. The, like Michael was the guy. You're oh, making you. command and conquer. Right, you're getting paid, right? And you live in San Francisco by the ocean. Why would you like to destroy your life? I remember you said you're gonna do it. (laughs) You were like, "Dude, don't do it. Don't do it. You made it. You. This is it. This This is is as good as it gets." You're you you've gone through the battle, and now you're in the retirement home of the warriors. (laughs) And yet, and yet, here we are. And you, you are on the other side doing the same thing. I hate you guys. You made me do this. You made you. You told me this. This start <laughs> thing is like a good thing. You should do yeah. it. So much fun. You get to ship. Give it a go. Actually, um, uh, yeah. anybody who's listening, if you're thinking about startups, don't do it. Just don't do it. Like, <laughs> trust me, do not do it. <laughs> no opposite. Uh, yeah. Always jump in. Always jump in. <laughs> but if you really want to do it. DM me. I, I know. <laughs> Anyways, um, so so that's a that's a that's a, that's an interesting thing. And and um, okay, so everything is differently than before. Why word games? Uh, you know, you did yeah. RPGs, you did RTS. Right. I right. think that you were right. working on casino, right? Yeah, started out at Zynga at um, Zynga Poker, and then um, worked on Farmville and yeah. launched Farmville too. Exactly. And now, yep. RP, and then you went to RPGs, and then you went yep. to RTS. Yep. What's going on? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think all of these are, um, they're all games. First mm-hmm. of all, let's start there. Okay. That's a, that's a, we, <laughs> so we found something that we agree on. Yeah. So I do have to say, uh, game may be the maybe most not, category that I've ever played. The most what? The what? What <laughs> adjective? Well, I, I don't Say know. Again. I, I generally hate word games because they make me feel dumb because they're all like very, no, you know, no. I'm not native in English and uh-huh, right. nobody who's not native in English plays these games. Right. Right. It's 85, 95% English speaking countries. Correct. Well, our game is in English. So yeah. yes. And then audience is yeah. 90% female. Not 90%. Ours is 70 to 75%. Wow. That's, yeah. that's an, a highly inclusive word game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, I mean, all of these, the, the knowledge and the experience that we have with RPG games, um, with the games that we worked on in the past are super informative because it allows us to layer all of that good stuff on, on top of it. So when we started Funcraft, really the idea, we were inspired by Toon Blast in particular, mm-hmm. Wordscapes as well, but it's just like taking these 
um, and hyper casual too. Taking these really wonderful core mechanics and then layering on top of them um, a, a fairly basic event system and social. And if you have that magical core, you can really build wonderful daily rituals for our players. So the the word game is one. The word genre, excuse me, is um, a game that or a genre that you can get into relatively lightweight, but there's a lot of nuance there. Um, and I think for um, for for pick, I lost my train of thought. I don't know. What it doesn't to say. matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, we were just talking about the the word games and why word games, and essentially you're saying that you've learned a lot of things from mid-core that are not utilized in the word category because word games, quite honestly, haven't even grown on par with the market. Uh, you know, the growth rate on 2020, looking at Deconstructor of Fun, beautiful, beautiful charts that show all these genres, shows about 27% growth in an effort year over year, but the ad monetization must be pretty sweet, and there's plenty of word games that have great ad monetization because the audience fits perfectly with the puzzle genre where you guys sell a lot of, a lot of games. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, like, yeah, totally. Thank you. So the, the ad, ad monetization is, is wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. We are at about 90% ad, uh, ad monetization right now. Um, we've grown IPs a little bit, but we found that our players are, um, they just, play is they really play this game so much 15% of our DAU play seven days a week Oof. um 50% of our players make over 20 moves a day so this is just something where they're like our players are in it yeah. and it's um pretty straightforward to provide an ad experience for players that fits into the gameplay it's always a, a nuance and a balance um to try and get that experience right I think with this great long-term retention we want to make sure that we aren't scaring our players away by any stretch of the imagination. So we want to um, do things, make sure that we're experimenting, um, but there's no need to, um, to be overly aggressive with our players. Yeah. You know, we, it's like our, we see this payback every 15 days, ROAS increases another 5%. And that mm-hmm. just keeps going day 45 to 60, 90 to 105. It's just like, Five percent, five percent, five percent, and that's um, there's there's tons of room for us to to grow that even more. So so ninety percent comes from ad revenue. Yeah, that's that's an important thing because everybody who's listening to this, they will go to Sensor Tower app, Annie. They look at the uh, they look at your numbers. They're like, saying shit. Yeah, what is this? What what are they? Why are they talking about it, guys? Yep, ninety percent coming in from ad monetization. Think about it. Ninety percent. Right. And there's no Apple or Google taking no cuts. Like this is straight up, you know, iron source might take a little heap out of that, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but they, they do give good. Job. I think too, what you were talking about in terms of audience overlap, um, companies are like, there's, there's some really great opportunities here. So, uh, there's great overlap with, with puzzle. There's great overlap with casino as well. Um, play simple. The Indian company was acquired for, with the earnout over um, over half a billion, um, fun, right? Or no, no, MTG, MTG, MTG. Yep, um, and that was based on daily themed crosswords. And then um, you see New York Times, um, I think, is going to turn into a games company. Um, they're advertising their games business everywhere. 
Um, they just brought on um, JK. An, well, not only that, they had this an old PM that I worked with at, at Zynga, Manuel Bronstein. He just joined their board of directors. He's the chief product officer at Roblox. Um, so I think it's something they, they see how powerful games are. He was on Farmville 3, right? Farmville 2. Did yeah. you go to YouTube? Was that is that the same? Then guy? he went to YouTube. That's exactly. the same. That's the same. Yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Right. I remember. Um, yeah, he left just a little after I, I joined. I was like, hmm. And then right. I remembered this guy. Okay, so he's now at New York Times. Just joined as the board. Well, and he's then, on the board at New York Times. Got he it. Is, and, uh, and his main job is chief product officer at Roblox. That's a that's a good good board seat. Good good main job. I think yeah. it makes sense, and they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> probably show them like words with friends type of numbers. They're like, guys, these games make bank. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, stop hating on Joe Rogan. Let's do this. This is where <laughs> the real money is. <laughs> right. I just saw. Um, so I get the paper now, and there's the the front page of the the main section. The whole back page yeah. is advertising spelling bee. It's just like they're pushing it so hard. Um, I. JK did join, um, I don't know, probably over a year ago, um, but they're bringing in some really excellent game folks and it's based on on word games. So they have obviously the crossword puzzle and then spelling bee as well. Um, just like it's it's bringing in subscribers. It's mm -hmm. incredibly powerful. Should they acquire Funcraft? Um, yeah, not yet. We've, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll become a news company. That's yeah, they come into your your stumping route. You're gonna go there, right? They want to play. You can do that game. Gonna go even more left. <laughs> We're gonna set up a stringer service. Yeah. So someone in, in Lapland. Like craft news. Right. We craft news. <laughs> we make up. Yeah, we make the news. Right. We, we make news. That's that's a good idea. That's a I like that. You might need to raise a little bit more money, but um, but overall a good idea, a good brand. Right. <laughs> overall, right? Backup plan. <laughs> um. So when you when you started Funcraft, did you spend time on on things like mission or values, or were you just so in line with your co-founder that you didn't need it because you were just texting in the evenings and and like God, we need to do something. <laughs> yeah. I see my life slipping away. <laughs> I'm getting too many great benefits and these IPs and sit on these you know meetings where I don't have to do anything right. that I need Hard. to grind. I need to lower my salary to an eight. <laughs> right. I need to lower yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> we really do see eye to eye and we've known each other for so long that we didn't have to spend too much time on it. Um and I think it's something we certainly think about, uh, about when is the appropriate time, but I think, uh, it's still, we're, we're at that lucky and small size where, um, and the, the, the really fun size where, um, every person we bring on is so much more important. So trying to, and going through the review process and, and the interview process to make sure that we're, we're bringing on aligned people and just establishing that in how we work day to day, week to week. Like that's what's most important and will define us. Um, but that is something that we, I, I know as we continue to scale, we're, we're gonna have to go through that exercise more fully.
not go through that. Just have fun with it. Like it's. Yeah, I know. It's always the back and forth. It's right. I think um, I, it does matter. It obviously matters. And have making sure that we're all aligned, that we're going in the right direction, like communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, I mean, I think that is one of the things that I learned about electronic arts is importance of, of, extra 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 communication um, over communication over communication but i really do think i mean this is where jason and i are so aligned is we like to do and we think whether it's product we want to ship games we want to ship features we want to find out um and we we define ourselves by our our results and what we're working on well, listen, Michael, you just described values and mission. Like, 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 honestly, like, this is really, can you, can you play back? a workshop of writing a fucking right. novel? Like, no, you're describing what you do, what you right. find really important. Like, it would be horrible if you go to this workshop yeah. and then this thing, you're like, hey, let's come up with shit that we don't do. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Right. And just yeah. write it down as rules. That would right. be more virtues. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair so, point. Yeah, so I'll play that back. I'll see what it. I'll see what we end up with. Exactly. You know? just, just describe what you do right now, and be right. like, I think this is us. <laughs> like, I yeah. think just describe what we do, and that way yeah. it's just verbalized uh, for people because you guys work remotely, right? We do. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, when, yeah, are, yeah. when are you going to get back? Are you going to get back together? And are you going to be based out of East Coast, West yep. Coast, or are you going to be based out of you know America? <laughs> Yeah, so we're based out of America. We do. <laughs> so we now have um, we have someone joining us in in a couple of weeks. Um, so that will bring three into the Bay Area. Um, I th I mean, the offices there are still not in, so it, it doesn't quite make sense yet. Um, but I think we we will open up an office there again. Um, and um, I mean, I think this remote working is it's it it's been working for sure for us. Um, obviously there are, there are challenges to it. Um, so I think we'll want, we'll want an office in San Francisco. Um, and we'll, we'll see if, if we get more in another place, we'll, whether we'll set that up. Mm -hmm. But I think what just, what's so great about remote work is really how it opens you up to, to talent and yeah. the number of people that we've been interacting with and, and working with, whether they're in Poland, Netherlands, Spain, Philippines, Colombia, it's just like, there's so much talent out there um, that we want to, we want to have access, keep access to that. I think it, it's like, I think game making has really changed so much from 2009, where back then you had to define and figure out, okay, what does a daily bonus look like? What does a level up system look like? And now it's just like, there's a language that exists for all of these systems. So when you um, are, are making a game or adding features to a game, it's like, okay, let's take this from that. And this from, these are the, let's, let's put these components together in a new way. And, and that's the game. And, and there's, I, I really can't believe how talented people are. I, it's a, a joy to work with people all, all over the world. It's awesome. Yeah. No, 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 that, that, that. And they're hungry. That's what's the best part about it. It's like, that's what you need. I think that's the most exciting thing about a startup or any company really is making sure you have that attitude where people um, want to, where they feel invested, they feel ownership, um, they have that attention to detail. That's where the magic happens. 
What about what? Okay, here's what I wanted to ask: Why San Francisco? I mean, I know that it's a, it's a, such a great location for young, yeah. talent, very cost efficient, very safe. Well, that's that, that's where our people are right now. So we yeah. have we have three there, um, and that makes the most sense to bucket. Got it. Uh, to put together an office for them. I mean, we're not yeah. going to have an office um, where where we don't have people in in. That, that is a very, very logical thinking. Another, I really yeah. like that. I really like that. I live in Berlin um, or Helsinki. So we yeah. don't have offices there. But maybe I'll set one up. No, no, no. It's a, how big More is the trips. So we are, um, there's six of us on the team. Um, two are joining. And then um, with our outsourcers um, and, and dev partners, it's another. That's another um, another twelve. Okay, that's a, well. Well, that's why the communication is so simple. Because when exactly. you're talking about yeah. dev, when, when you when you talk about any outsourcers, they are there to jump when you say jump. I mean, that's you don't have to explain to them. You don't have to have a long, lengthy conversations. They're there for execution. It's when your internal team grows significantly, like they don't jump like that. They they're like, why? Why are we jumping? Right. Can you give me context? Yeah. yeah. And and then the challenge on that other side is on the ownership piece that they, mm-hmm. you don't get that same sense of ownership from dev partners sometimes. Where yeah. They, yeah. Of course. Of you course. need them to feel like it's theirs. Yeah. So that, that's certainly the challenge. Um, but I, I um, yeah, I think that the, the execution focused is, is what we're, we, we like that. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it makes more sense. I was just trying to understand a little bit better, but but I totally right. understand that when when your own internal team is so small that you can almost you know do one on ones with everybody every week, uh, yeah. meaning like you have five reports. Uh, right. That's um, then it, it makes sense. But as it grows, then you start need to you know communicate. That's when a physical office makes a lot of sense because you know we're gonna go have lunch with people. They're gonna see Michael in real world. You're really pretty yeah. even oh, wow. through the camera. Wow, um, thank you. Well, everybody knows the most handsome guy in EA. Like that was, oh, that was wow. like if That's somebody was no, looking that, at there's... Michael, they're like, hey, where's Michael? He'd be like, look for the most handsome guy in EA. Stop it. Stop it. Some <laughs> heavy, heavy competition there with the, the EA uniforms. It has been increasing or the competition on, on the, uh... um, there, it's just a, it's a well-dressed executive company. Yeah, but but you, have, you have a smart casual approach to it. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't do the Euro style as much as skinny as, jeans and all that. Right, so. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, now I need to put this on YouTube because we talk about your look. So all right, right. I'll do that. Fine. There it goes. Yep. Fine. Uh, I'm just jealous. That's that's really it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm not. I'm certainly not as strong as you. Yeah. Well, so I, well, I need to get there. That that only attracts. Um, same sex. Anyways, uh, so, so, uh, so let's focus. Let's 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 bring this baby home because we're yes. really steering away from the most important. Yeah, right, right. Um, so next steps for your company and Hector Words. What's going to happen? Yeah. So we, I, I know it's annoying, but we we really do think that we're in early days of what's going on with this game. Um, we think that this game can be like a words with friends um, type of, of long lasting game. Um, so we're, we're building 
all of the pieces that make that happen. We have so much to improve. We have a great roadmap. Um, we need help building it. Um, so we're, we're looking for amazing people who are excited about this space, who want to uh, have a lot of ownership, work quickly, product managers, UI, UX designers, um, engineers, analysts, market, like really, really all the pieces. We are, we're, we're, it's time to light a fire under this. Um, as I said, it's a platform. So mm -hmm. we have more, more pick to words products that are in the works. Uh -huh. Um, so there's an opportunity to, to work on those as well. Um, we need, we we are building it in a way so that we can have outsized impact. Mm -hmm. Um, and build things once that we'll be able to reuse across our games. So I, I let I me, think, Michael, um, let me sell this for you. So you want to join Funcraft because you would, you, you'd really feel bad of not joining now because the numbers, the numbers, the, it's all about the numbers. The numbers it's are the numbers. very, very solid. And this baby is going to grow big. And later on, when you consider like, well, I don't want to join this because it's a startup. It's only six people. They work without right. this and that. It's like, no, you're going to regret this because that's what the people said when original Farmville came in, when, when, when Zynga Poker came in, when all these, when Clash of Clans launched, like, oh, it's just a small company that doesn't have really that much success. Yes, there's maybe a, a small attraction, but I want to work at a big company. It's like, no, this is it. You get a lot of ownership. You get to ship game. You get to grow game. You get to learn yeah. on so many different steps. And guess what? You don't have to be sitting in meetings explaining what you want to do next. You're going to do things, and they're going to review how you did those things. And then yeah. you're going to learn, and you're going to grow, and you're going. And this company is going to be highly successful, and you're going to get a share of that pie of the success, and you're going to be really happy with your decision. So that's why you want to join Funcraft. Thank you. <laughs> And Thank plus, you. Michael is great. I've known him for years. Um, I can I can um, attest that he is yeah. a fantastic CEO. Good people. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> have it's like have have fun while we're doing it. That's that's the whole point. Exactly. In the description of this podcast below, you'll find a link to Funcraft. You'll find a link to Michael's LinkedIn page. Ping him. Yes. Tell him you want to grow Funcraft to rival New York Times. <laughs> let's do it we're going to take down new york times the game company michael yeah. at funcraft.com yeah. yeah on that note everybody have a great day great evening whatever you were doing we love you guys we appreciate you guys michael thank you so much for joining the podcast it's been a pleasure thank you <laughs> bye bye everybody bye thank you for listening to the whole episode if you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.